ASI. My name's Russ, the host. Russ at ASI247.org. This is Jessica Smith Wright from the Podsafe Music Network. Here comes in my face. Try to steal my peace inside. When you take my place, I gotta let the Until I win Dare to believe in him Here's what you see me through And everything I do Oh, I will not back down I am an overcomer I'm gonna stand my ground I am a child Being an overcomer. Glad you're listening to the show today. I'm glad you've downloaded the ASI podcast show today. I wanted to talk about being an overcomer a little bit, uh, going through what I'm going through, and realizing that I uh, and turning back is just not an option for me. I'm I'm not going back to who I was as far as the whole porn addiction was concerned. It's sex addiction. I'm just not going back there. And being an overcomer was tremendously difficult. And I wanted to go into that a little bit today because I don't take this thing lightly. This is not something that is just going to be, you know, accomplished overnight. It's going to be tough. It's going to get, you know, it's it's caught in your skin a little bit. I don't know if any of you out there have uh, ever been fishing, but uh, there's a hook that fishermen use. It's called a treble hook. And a treble hook has three prongs. It looks like a hook, a normal hook, but it actually goes out in three ways. If you set it down on the table, it'll sit upright because it's kind of like a it's kind of like a stool with three legs. Treble hook. It's got uh, barbs on each end of each of the three prongs on the hook and you know you get that in your mouth or caught on your jacket or something like that or caught in your skin or in the fish's mouth and that sucker doesn't come loose real easy and that's kinda what it was like getting over this thing that's what it's like to get on top of this addiction it's like trying to rip a trouble hook out of your flesh it is not easy, man, and I'm here to tell you that, uh, you know, there is freedom from it, but it's going to take pain, and it's going to take uh, being an overcomer. It's gonna, you're going to have to have that attitude. I am going to overcome. I am not going back to those patterns, those those thought patterns of, of shame, of just, you know, I'm just a piece of crap. Why do I think that I, you know, should d- d- not thinking like that? Finding those emotional triggers. Why do we think this way? Why do we beat up on ourselves? Being an overcomer in our own emotions, in our own being, being who we are, it's not easy, man. It's just not. Got some email from some listeners I want to address on the show today. 
people going to see counselors, I think that's awesome. Getting in there to the office and talking to your counselor, your therapist, and really going over some of this emotional stuff. Getting in there and talking about it, getting in there and, and opening up your heart to somebody, and you know, I know that's scary, and that's part of yanking at that trouble hook a little bit. It's part of trying to get that barb out of your spirit, and it's you know, it's going to take work. I know some of this stuff is uncomfortable, but uh, man, God bless you guys for getting in there, seeing your your counselor, your therapist, the psychologist. Got an uh, email from a listener, Steve, who was uh, came up with some stuff that from him and his counseling session, and uh, looking at talking about looking at his real needs, where an excessive sexual drive comes from, and for a lot of guys, you know, we think of that we have this excessive sex drive, and why is that? Why are we constantly looking for uh, pleasure? in the form of an orgasm to make up for something else. What is up with that? Why do we do that? And I wanted to kind of address, go into that a little bit today. The excessive sexual drive is, and and going back into the, the sexual gas tank, and that was a big thing that I had a problem with with my counselor who, you know, told me that going back to the sexual gas tank and just, you know, it, it really it doesn't exist. The only place the sexual gas tank exists is in your own flesh, your own drive, your own uh, your own homeostasis, and understanding that that it's a flesh thing that it can be controlled, just like an appetite. You know, I talked about going on a diet, going on the low carb diet, try eating you know carbs and bread and French fries and stuff like that for a couple of days, and then stopping altogether. Your body is going to reel against that. Your body is going to want that sugar. It's going to want that uh, that sugar rush, that carbohydrate rush. You will crave carbs, man. I, I guarantee you. If you want to do some uh, will checking, if you want to do something that's going to challenge your flesh, try doing the low-carb diet for two weeks. And I've talked about that before, but, you know, 20 carbs a day. No more than 20 carbs a day for two weeks, and your flesh will be screaming for some sugar. Just try it. It's uh, it's a lot like sex. It is a lot like that. Not having an orgasm. Uh, the guys in the Blazing Grace podcast show were talking about the brain chemistry attached to an orgasm being... Uh, something like four times as addictive as heroin, four times more addictive than heroin is. And I remember uh, working in the food industry, and I was uh, in the kitchen. There was a couple of girls in there, and they were talking about, and me and some of the guys were kind of in the other room, but we could hear what they were saying. And they started talking about sex. And one of the girls was like, uh, she was 17 or 18, and she was telling the, this other gal who was probably uh, late 20s, maybe early 30s, you know, she had the, the piercing through her nose and kind of a punk rock chick. She had the, the whole bad girl thing going on. And she was saying, yeah, the the younger girl was saying, yeah, me and my boyfriend, we, you know, we think we're going to go ahead and do it like tonight or tomorrow night. And she says, uh, do what? And she says, oh, oh have sex. And she's like, uh, older girl's like, so? <laughs> she says, well, I've never done it before. I'm a virgin. 
And she's like, whoa, whoa, wait, you know, you're, you're a virgin. You're just you're just going to go ahead and have sex tonight because you're light some candles or something like that. And and she says, uh, yeah, you know, I haven't done it and stuff. And and just you know, I want to I want to do it. I've waited long enough. I've tried to wait. You know, want to want to try it out. And and then she says, she asks her, she goes. So have you ever came before? Have you ever had an orgasm? And and the gals kind of saw us, you know, guys were, well, I don't know if I'm comfortable, you know, talking about that, she says. And she says, uh, no, really, have you ever had an orgasm? And she says, well, no. She says, I haven't had an orgasm. And it's funny, the elder gal, and here's the most, uh, the best argument I could have ever heard for abstinence came from this, uh, you know, late 20s early 30s punk rocker chick and she looks at this girl and she says uh, she says you know what you should wait you should wait until you're in love with somebody you should wait until that guy is the guy you want to you know be with for the rest of your life she says trust me having an orgasm is like heroin you know you'll get addicted to it don't do it you know my life is a mess she says because of the orgasm so once you have an orgasm you don't turn back you don't stop you don't go back it was just it was kind of a a sobering conversation that that I overheard there that me and the other guys overheard at that time and it's really true you know if you can wait if you can hold on or teach your kids to wait to have that first orgasm especially for guys I know that's really tough but having that first orgasm man you're hooked and depending on what you tie to that first orgasm whether it be pornography or whatever it is whatever images are running through our minds at the time, um, we get that barb, man. We get that three-prong hook in us right there. And it it's really tough to beat that. It's really tough to get that and drive it back into an intimacy thing. Having our sex drive tied to intimacy in, in a good relationship, it's a tough thing to do. Being able to have that relationship where you're open and you're honest and you're being able to talk with the other person about stuff is is tough and it takes work I'm having to re- try and redo that now in my marriage because I hadn't done it for so many years I haven't even cared about you know wanting to have an intimate relationship now I do and it uh, you know it causes friction so understand that having an orgasm and attaching that to that intimate relationship is very important. It is a discipline. It is something you're going to have to learn. You know, you're going to have to learn to be able to feed each other, love and respect. It's all it's all a dance. It's an intertwined kind of a dance that you will have to do with that person that you love. Having an orgasm, being able to look into the eyes of your lover and and just having that orgasm it's it's powerful dr block talked about that in his book naked intimacy and uh you know guys just being with your wife and looking in their eyes the whole time you make love eyes are the windows to the soul the windows to the heart you know all the way through into the orgasm having that eye contact holding that eye contact especially through the orgasm is is powerful because there's a brain chemical that's released in our mind when we have an orgasm and it's a tying it's a memory peg kind of a brain chem- chemical that we all have 
and we can when we can have an orgasm we can have sex and tie that to the person that we're going to be with for the rest of our life hopefully i mean that's what you gamble on but you know gr- being with that person that you love that you honor that you respect that you cherish and having that with them and that'll be the one of the biggest ways you start pulling at that 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 three-prong barb in you saving sex for marriage well how about just saving your next orgasm for that time with that person that you love I had uh, talk with a, a friend of mine we were talking to, it was a group kind of a discussion thing and we were talking about the sexual gas tank and he was talking about you know sometimes he was saying that you know him and his wife you know he just wants that that release sometimes this has been a long day had some stress on the job throughout the week and you know him and his wife came up with the agreement that you know she would please him if he needed it if he felt like he needed it if he felt like his sexual gas tank was low um, you know she would go ahead and, and give it up and I don't know if give it up is the right term but you know she would go ahead and please him and she would do that out of you know honor and respect and I uh, challenged him on the fact that as long as uh, you know she's cool with it it's not a job for her I think that's critically important I think that if she's going to just give of herself to him or guys if you're just going to give of yourself to your your spouse I think it is important that you don't have this it's a job kind of an attitude attached to it. I think that it needs to be done out of love. All right, you know, I'm going to give you this. I may not feel like doing it right now, but I'm going to do this because I love you. I'm going to do this as a gift to you. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that, uh, you know, Paul talks about in the in the Corinthians, he says to the church, uh, you know, don't deny one another. Man's body is not his own, it belongs to his wife. Wife's body is not her own, belongs to her husband. So I think that's important, but at the same time, it also says, Paul says in uh, 1 Corinthians 7.2, uh, sexual drives are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide a balance and fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. The marriage bed must be a place of mutual of mutu- mutuality. The husband seeking to satisfy his wife and the wife seeking to satisfy her husband. Marriage is not a place to stand up for your rights. Marriage is a decision to serve the other, whether in bed or out. Abstaining from sex is permissible for a period of time if you both agree on it, and if it is for the purpose of prayer and fasting but only for such times. Then come back together again. Satan has an ingenious way of tempting us when we least expect it. I'm not, understand, commanding these periods of abstinence, only providing my best counsel if you should choose them. And that's the message translation. So that's what I want to challenge you with this week, is to understand where your sex drive comes from. Is it coming from a healthy, loving relationship, or is it coming from that image that you saw? Uh, that thought, that shameful thought, that embarrassing thing that happened, that stuff, that stress, 
that's inside you that's not getting out. I heard a guy say stress is basically emotions and stuff that is trapped inside of us that we don't let out and release some way. And for a lot of us with uh, sexual issues, sexual problems, that release can be through an orgasm. And it's not healthy. Getting out there and being able to talk about our hurts and our pains and our embarrassments and our frustrations and not bottling all that stuff up is important. And I think it will uh, help release some of that sexual pent-up gas tank stuff that you've got. Just remember that. I mean, that was a powerful thing. It was a hard thing for me to understand. It was a hard thing for me to deal with and to get my head around. But the sexual gas tank, it you know, you're not going to die if you don't have an orgasm. This is just the facts. And I'm going to keep talking about that and <laughs> tell it last breath in me. You know, orgasm is, is not something that you're going to, you know, you're going to have a heart attack if you don't have one. I think if you don't release your stress, you know, that can cause all sorts of problems in our body. You know, our physical body, our spiritual body. That's why I believe that the Bible's talking about sexual sin is a sin that we commit against our own body. You know, it's something that takes place. It's something that we scar ourselves with on the inside. I used to live in Alaska for a few years, and there was a term uh, in Alaska. It's also a term in the Midwest, I guess. It's called uh, wetting your pants to keep your backside warm. And that's kind of like what an orgasm is to your stress level. It works really good for a short period of time. But then, uh, you know, the cold sets in again, and you freeze your, your butt off. I just want you guys to, to understand and to wrap your head around why we have our sexual urges. To really watch that and start to try and put it in a framework of intimacy of a healthy relationship not just orgasms Satan has an ingenious way of tempting us when we least expect it you start tugging at that uh, that trouble hook and it might sink in a little deeper and remember never ever ever give up keep getting back up you get knocked down you get back up you keep working at this thing. You keep doing this. You will heal if you keep working at it. Trust me. Until next week, when you're feeling cold, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling alone, when you're feeling like nobody understands you, when you just feel alone, even when you're married, even when you're you know you're in that relationship and you're not opening up and you're got everything bottled up inside you. You know, maybe if you're single, you got all these frickin' frustrations and emotions that are just tied up and bound up inside you. When you feel like that, never give up, man. Never go down. Never feel like you're 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 sinking. You know, that's when you really reach out and you reach out to that Holy Spirit, that spirit that God put inside you. You start you pray, man. You're alone, you're feeling down feeling beat just man never give up so is this stuff making sense russ at asi247.org send me an email respond to your emails talk about your emails 
That's what this show is about. If you can afford to send a donation, man, I would certainly appreciate it. In a financial mess right now with my wife out of town and kind of put her job on hold for a while, so just, uh, man, if you can make a donation, I would certainly appreciate it. Go to the website. It's asi247.org. Help uh, keep this thing afloat. Remember, life is 20% what happens and 80% how you react. Not going down. Your host, Russ Shaw, not going down. Not letting this stuff get me down, the crap that's happening right now. Time's been hard this is uh, lately. Shelly Nuremberg. You know what I mean? Is not going Are down. Really Till next week. Looking Bye. after me. I've worked so hard for so long. I feel cold and tired and so alone. Yeah.